0: Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us again on Age Appropriate Activities. This is part two. Okay, so we're going to go to the next area. And again, I'm going to be for and Carla's going to be against. And sorry, I'm going to keep repeating that. And then we're going to give our actual opinion and maybe some of our experiences if it's applicable. So the area we want to talk about is sensory toys. So like chewy toys or chewy tubes, um, ear defenders and babyish resources. Okay, so... Um, I think having ways to appropriately release sensory needs is paramount. Otherwise, the young person will seek this inappropriately. Um, putting things into their mouth. Um, also, I think, you know, in terms of safety, also in terms of health, it's not great to put things in your mouth that aren't clean or that you don't know where they come from. Um, so it's very, I think, quite important to be able to have one thing that you can put in your mouth so you can make sure that that thing is clean. Um, and also they have one thing to chew, okay? It's more hygienic and it also could be deemed – it could be deemed as more socially acceptable. I leave that as a question because I think it might look – I want to say – I don't want to say look better, but it might look better <laughs> – there we go um, – for a young person to have a chewy tube as opposed to just constantly putting everything in their mouth. Um and I think also in terms of the ear defenders, they're great and they can be very helpful for young people to be able to be in noisy environments and not be influenced by the noise. Um, but yeah, and I think, but that also being said, I think they only drown out some noises. But that's my four sensory toys. And now for the
1: against, and thank you, Lauren. Um, well, sensory toys, can make the child look even more different and stand out in the community. So make them feel, look like even more different and therefore can lead to people excluding them. Because people, you know what, in a society, if you're different, you're going to be excluded. Unless you prove yourself to be, you know, actually, oh, you're really smart or, you know, or you can do this or you're beautiful, whatever. People do tend to exclude what they cannot cope with. Um... And if they're always dependent on sensory toys, it can become increasingly hard to fade them out and to teach the child, the child who later becomes an adult to cope with their sensory needs in a different and more um, appropriate manner. All right, so these were both the both arguments, so the for and the against for sensory toys. And now to our actual opinion. Um, so our main priority is the person we're helping. It is you know, if it is it is preferable for them to access a Chewy toy than to bite their hand as the alternative behavior. So, again, it all depends on the situation, and we weigh it out. And we can always work on the person using the sensory toys for their sensory needs effectively, and slowly decrease their use by introducing or pairing other sensory activities. So, you know, if they're always biting their hands and we put a Chewy in... Uh, and then when they're you okay with the chewy maybe we you know we teach them you know to maybe go eat cereal or you know or do other things or play with other sensory things with their hands instead of focusing on their mouth so there's a, there's lots of ways of doing it but you know what some people are severely autistic not everyone who's autistic is high functioning and able to express their emotions or do research or find an alternative so if they want to use a chewy for the rest of their lives, then maybe that's what needs to happen. And, you know, it won't be for every single case, but it's what's right for that person. And it's, you know, it's, it's just life.
0: Absolutely. I think what's right for that person is the, is the the right way to look at it. And I think, as you said, I'd rather have a young person use a chewy tube than use their hand. I don't want them to hurt themselves. So it may look, make them look different, but at least they won't have a callus on their hand for the rest of their lives. Um, and I think what I was wanting to add is, I'm all, I would always say that if it's going to help the young person, like Carla mentioned, is what we want to help. I'll try my best to find the most appropriate age, age, you know, age appropriate looking thing as possible. But ultimately, if it, if it helps the person and isn't age appropriate, I might not be that bothered by it. I worked, I was very, very fortunate early on in my career to have a very, very experienced doctor in ABA come to our organization. And he gave an example of, he was talking about age appropriate, and it was a beautiful example. And I thought I'd share it with you guys today is that he was talking about a man that he worked with, a man who was already, I think, already in his 20s or 30s, who loved dolls. Um He had quite profound needs um and learning difficulties as well as a s d and um the doll was he used to carry around this doll, and I think it was quite big let's say thirty centimeters or whatever doll and what the team decided was is that he had very limited interests otherwise, but they decided to sort of decrease the size of the doll um so he could still carry around the community, but it didn't wasn't as obvious to everybody else. And they shrunk it to, um, I think about maybe five centimeters or 10 centimeters, and he could, it sat on his shoulder when he went out in the community. And I remember the doctor saying to us that if the society has a problem with his interest, then it's society's problem. It's not this man's problem. And I was like, wow, that's really, that's something to take away because he was happy. He was content. He was able to access the community with his doll. And, you know, they worked, the team worked very hard, but they weren't that concerned with that behavior at the time, considering his other needs. And I think that's quite a beautiful way to look at it. And, you know, that it's it's about that picture and finding what's best for that individual within that picture. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, and I think also what Carl and I have found generally is that the resources available for older children with autism and adults is, you know, they're very babyish. If you look up sensory toys, you'll find things for toddlers. And I think there's a, there's a huge need to create more, dare I say it, age-appropriate activities that aren't geared towards toddlers. Because sometimes we have adults who like the the feedback they get from the toys, but not necessarily the packaging of the toys. Um, and Carl and I have talked about this. we was like, watch this space. Maybe we'll develop something. Um, and I think also what I wanted to say here, sorry, Carl, I know you wanted to add, I just want to quickly add that, you know, sensory toys need to be taught to a young person. They're not magically going to start using a chewy and not put everything else in their mouth. It needs to be taught that this is the thing you put in your mouth and the other things aren't. So it is. it needs to be taught it's not going to magically happen. And ear defenders as well, they have to tolerate these things. Some children are fine, but most of the children that I work with, they have to get used to these new ways of using things, and their other behaviours need to be redirected to something else. Um, so, yeah, sorry, Carla, I'm um, finished. I was gonna, I, no, no, I was just
1: gonna say when you mentioned, you know, oh, it's appropriate. Like in a way, I think we mean as well sensory toys. We mean yes. sens- sensory appropriate, um, mm. let's say, or sensory activities. Just because, um, you know, some. Some people like the repetition of sounds. Some people like... You know what? My sensory, visual sensory thing is Pinterest. And I just love the color organization. If I order something and it's not color organized, I organize it by color. That's my thing. And the same thing with these children. Some children might like the colors. Some um, Or some adolescents or adults might like the colors. Some might like sounds. So it's trying to find... You know what? We... If they like something, they like something. But part of us thinks, what if they could get the same input from a toy that's slightly different? That you know, instead of being Wind the Bobbin, would be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and will they still get the same input? Because if they did, you know, that would be great, because it's another way of you know expanding their horizons. And you know what? Even though it's society's problem, and it is also people don't get education in school about autism and you know how to be kind uh to people well maybe in the uk they do how to be kind to people with special needs um but in portugal they didn't we didn't in portugal it's just they hide it I, I don't know if it's true but i feel like in portugal they hide people with special needs or they don't even address they should just say oh they're just special and you know just leave them be and i think if they had as well toys that are Considered appropriate in their age group, their peers might approach them more. Um, but you know what? That's another topic for another time. So, Lauren should we go to the next one?
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, you know, it's if they if they do have capacity to engage with their own um, age group because of their interests, that would be the the perfect thing. But unfortunately, sometimes that's not the case. Um, and that leads actually quite nicely a bit of a segue into our next one, which would be pairing. So we spoke about pairing earlier, associating new toys or activities, in this case, age appropriate for the young person's um, activities with the things they already like, things that they already enjoy to engage with. So pairing age appropriate activities. OK, so I think this should be part of every child's young person's or your young person's program it should the focus should always be on um, this and really fundamentally working towards expanding interest and um, increasing that person's ability to engage with people their own age Um, I think you know the social stigmas are enough and also the limited community is also not helping you know and this can be incorporated into the child's program okay by using or a pairing new activities um, uh, with the things that they already like. And I think this has been successful. We'll talk about this a bit later also. It Mm -hmm. is possible, um, as Carl and I have given examples about those two young or three or four young people we worked with. um, So let's give it a shot, you know. Well, yeah,
1: but children, just like adults, they have their own tastes. And it doesn't matter if they're autistic or mainstream, neurotypical, etc., um, everyone likes different things, uh, as we've seen by my sister' lack of taste. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just using the podcast to get back at her. It's hilarious. Um, instead of trying to get them to like things they're not interested in, we could use the things they already like uh, and develop them a bit more. So if we insist on new activities too much, uh, they might start seeing us as an aversive kind of you know person or similar situation. And they will want to stop engaging with us because they'll see us as the person who's making them do try things they don't want to do they don't want to try or they don't enjoy instead of letting them play with the activities they do enjoy um so also it's it's being careful with you know how much is it we're forcing and how much is actually you know expanding um and yeah no.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, unfortunately, I agree with what you're saying because <laughs> I'm supposed to be four. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's, it, I have done it when we've gone too far and we've made children try. I don't want to say made. We've encouraged them to try new activities when they don't really enjoy them. And we've become quite aversive. I ha- I have been on that path. I have also been on the path of leaving children to like what they like and finding them very limited in their ability to try new things. Um, so exa- our opinion would be that we find it equally important to give people choice and to expose them to new activities. I think the key word in our approach is balance. If if a, a person we work with has limited interests or is quite young, we want to implement a pairing program to expose them to new activities. Um, this type of program has many more uses than just playing with new activities. It can improve all sorts of things: um, their motor skills, their problem-solving ability, their social behaviour, such as taking turns and cooperating with others. It can help reduce rigidity, which we've spoken about earlier, um, and also the, um, you know, their reluctance of trying new things. Because I think everybody will relate to us when we say, "Oh yeah, they don't like new things. We don't want to try." Even if it, even like new pair of shoes. Even if it looks like the old pair of shoes, they're like, "No, no, no, I'm comfortable with my other pair of shoes." No, 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 and we can all relate to that. Definitely. Um, and I think also, I was saying to Carla earlier before we started recording, you know, by never trying to pay new activities, we'd never know what could happen. So even if it, it it doesn't work or it only works to a certain amount, at least we've given it a shot. At least we've tried to get that person's life to be expanded or that they have more activities that they like to play with, as opposed to not providing them the opportunity and not knowing where it's going to go. I think, yeah, that's just what I wanted to say on that bit.
1: Um, And now, so we've addressed these three main areas. And now we're just going to have basically a chat. We're just going to have our final thoughts um, and, you know, just discuss things. And I think one thing that we mentioned earlier was the lack of activities for older children. Um, Mm. And isn't it? And I remember when we worked at the school, I think it was after the summer I first started. So when you you were still my supervisor... And I remember we were told, okay, you have to go through all the boxes and make sure to oh, yeah. take out anything that's not age appropriate and stuff. Mm. And I, you know what? I was quite cheeky. I kept the toys I knew my kid liked, even though they're not yeah. exactly age appropriate. like, but he likes it. Like he had this rubber snake. He, even though he smacked himself with
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> Frequently.
1: <laughs> Frequently. And then he had just, he just shouted because, like, yeah, it hurts. Just be careful. Like, remember when he used to spin the bloody snake? <laughs> yeah, whack us all.
0: It's like, excuse I mean,
1: me. Can you keep it down, please? Um, But yeah, and and we were told to do that. And then we got all these resources, supposedly. Look, so electronics, another kid kept breaking them. Oh. We had this clay thing that none of... I love clay, but none of the kids liked it. And they were just yeah. like, what is this? Like... I mean, what was the point in spending all that money? Sorry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what do you And I think, you know what? The you know, even with the best intentions, like yeah. sometimes you've just got to you can't be too focused on what the the, uh, the outcome you want. Yeah, we we've got to weigh up the measures of going. Okay, could go this way or this way. I prefer it to be this way, but if it is the other way, okay, let's plan. It you can't be only focused on the outcome you want. You've got to have sort of some flexibility in there. And yes, this is this is the ideal spot. But also, if we go here, it's not too bad, and we can work on that and these put, put these measures in place. Yeah, and you know. By taking away all the joy, I remember that phase. By taking away all the joy that the children had found, or it was just too abrupt. And I think, yes, we needed to invest in new resources and we needed to focus on new things. But ultimately, the toys that we did buy did look pretty boring. And I don't want to play with some of that stuff. And also, it's quite scary. Like, I don't know how to play and if I don't know how to play, I'm not going to. Yeah. You know, we've all been yeah. we've all been to a social situation where people are like, come play cards with us. And they're like, We're gonna play this new game. And you go, Oh, I don't actually I know, I feel a bit awkward, I don't really know anyone here, and I don't really want to do that. We've all done yeah. that. That's happened to every person in the world. Exactly. Um, you know, so And yeah, it's, still, it's really it's sad.
1: Even though there's a limited for you know for autistic or special needs people, there there is, you know, limited options in terms of sensory toys when you're older. But we can always try to find something they can enjoy, and you know, yeah. I, I that's why I really enjoy asking not enjoy, but I want to ask parents and carers. Okay, what does it? What does he or she go for? What do they grab? Mm. What do they look at? What do they play? Because I like to have an idea of the sensory input they need, which is where OTs would be really good. Because I think I, I'll ask, I mentioned the OT training I went to before, and um. Mm. And I did ask, I can't remember, I think I asked them if they had like a, a checklist or something, I can't remember what they answered me, but how cool would it be if you try a few things and you can try to assess the, their sensory, you know, which sensory uh, sense are they going for most often? Yeah. And then how you have a how, list. how
0: can we, exactly, how can we um, engage you with the yeah. sensory needs you need? Yeah. And then
1: you have the activities that match it and
0: say, okay, cool, I, we can try all of these. Exactly. I have to say, it does keep us very creative in our field. Yeah, I can't even tell you. I think because of the the level of analyzation and the level of watching (laughs) or observing, it makes you really good at finding alternatives for everything. And finding similarities of, oh, okay, you can't do this, but you can do that. Um, Yeah, we can have this.
1: I do say to all my clients now, because I've realized some people, especially people who are new to ABA. I make sure of saying them, okay, telling them, this is a science. It's based mm-hmm. on evidence. And when I put something in, it's to be followed because this is people's lives we're, we're working with. So we can't just, mm-hmm. you know, start something, stop, start something, stop. It needs to be, it's based on evidence. And it's something that started in the 50s. So yep. it, there's a, you know, it, 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 it's that thing, is trying to say, look, this has a reasoning. We're not just, you know, trying. We're not dermatologists or,
0: you know. Yeah. We're not just plucking things out of the sky.
1: I know. And they're like, oh, yeah. try this. Try that. And you're like, um, can we, like, isn't there no science to this?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Follow have the missed.
1: plan. Follow the plan. I know. And everything For will me, be better. I know. For me, it's like science. And um, it's like, okay, so this find the cause. So, and this is what, could the measures that could help so let's try Mm -hmm. systematically and plan 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 same thing Mm -hmm. with toys it's plan and i know it sounds annoying oh i have to plan but trust us it will be so much easier than just just trying for the sake of like it's good to try but try to have a plan about it's like okay i have these things i'm i've tried this he liked that he didn't like that which means you know, some children love playing with water, but they prefer to use a spoon because they don't want to touch it.
0: So that mm-hmm. tells you that
1: even though they like the visual of it and maybe the sound, etc., but they don't like to touch it. So yeah. that says a lot. Like, that says straight away that, okay, tactile is not necessarily the sensory input they're trying to get. Mm.
0: Um, but it? I think also, like you were saying, try it. Like, what we do, and this is why I try to I try to get out of other professions how they work in terms of the difference between our approach and other people's approaches or other therapies or however you want to term it. And I'm like, okay, but I work one on one with this kid. I will work with that child for like a week, two weeks. I'll try loads of different stuff. So I have actually tried it and seen that it's been successful in certain like it may be a short time, but it's been successful. Whereas just going, well, just try this and see what happens. But I know it's tried and tested within that time. I have tried it and I have seen their success. So let's just carry on with this, with this implementation. Let's see if it goes somewhere because it's been already tested. I am the proof. The session that I had is the proof, you know? Exactly.
1: And, you know, one thing that I think is really important is, as you mentioned, you've tried it in the past, is patient history. Same thing with doctors. They look at your history. When you mm-hmm. go to the doctor especially if you're new they ask you about your history about because that's what helps them look at the present and re- and you know prescribe something for the future same thing with ABA you need mm-hmm. to know what's been happening in the child's life as much as possible to know okay this happens because of blah 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 and this we tried this we tried that how have you tried it? have you tried this way have you tried a second etc um so that's really important as well to know yeah. what, like you, you know, well, one thing I wanted to ask you because I I made this note whilst we were
0: talking, because mm-hmm.
1: um, you know I mentioned I had I had two I don't say it was two but I had two people in my class in primary school that had special needs, but at the time I didn't know they had special needs. I, yeah, you know everyone knew they were different, and um I would you know try because I remember I would talk to one and she kept repeating stuff and I didn't know no one explained it to me and I would just say mm-hmm. oh. You're, you've you said that. Like, I would tell her, oh, you've said that. Not in a mean way. It's like, oh, you've said that, you've said that. And the other girl mm. who barely talked and, you know, when she ate, I remember she, the yogurt would would fall on the corner of her mouth. So I would just give her a nap and like, oh, come on, wipe yourself. But, and I remember coming home and say, oh, I played with blah, blah, blah. But you know what? They're really weird. They do this. And my mom would say, oh, you know, sweeties, it's it's because they they're special. They can't, you know they don't understand etc but nobody in school would explain to us yeah like I'm not saying talk about behind someone's back but maybe I don't know how it was when you were growing up Did they even talked about special needs kids
0: I don't think so I I yeah. I think I and mean, I don't know about the intimates about Portugal's education system but in South Africa they're very much in another organization they're not within a school there's no Mm. integration from I don't this is also I went to school quite a long time ago (laughs) but um I well not that long ago but you know (laughs) um but I think it is it's very much segregated and I don't Mm. have any memories of things being explained to me I think I remember we used to go to a fate of a school that had children with special needs and learning difficulties. And I remember being overwhelmed by that experience and not having the capacity to understand what was happening. And yeah. it just made me sad because I couldn't engage with these kids and I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And I think no one really explained to me their difficulties. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I don't, I don't know what, how it is now I imagine in South Africa we have these things called remedial units which mm. is kind of like I think like a unit like an ASD unit in a attached to a mainstream school so they're in school they just have their own classroom and they are taught on a different you know timetable and whatever curriculum and then they are they um integrate with the mainstream class at some point in the day I think to do different lessons um so I think it is better than it used to be um but I don't know, and I think it's very sad. And I think actually there's a huge need for children to understand that because they do. And I've come across with such incredible kids in schools who have no idea, and they just are the 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 people we want them to be. With these kids, they are the ones who go up to me and go, "Oh, I know he finds it difficult, so I'm just going to help him." You know, yeah. I'm going I'm to stand with him because I know he finds this too noisy and Aww. just such. Yeah, you know, honestly, I, but- there was a boy I'll never forget him. And um he was just such a gorgeous child at the school that I worked with. And I worked at the school for almost an academic year, so I knew the the kid's class quite well. And he came up to me, and this boy that I was working with was having problem behavior about something. And the boy came up to him and said, you know, it's okay, it's okay. And he spoke to him. And then afterwards, I went to go speak to that child. And I said, thank you so much, you know, for And he said. I know, but you know, I know that he finds it difficult. So I explained to him. You know that he would so that he would calm down, but I know that he struggles to understand that. And I was literally blown away. This eleven-year-old child, and I was like, "Wow, we are we the rest of you in this generation." You know, um, and I told his dad, I said, "You need to encourage this kid to carry on being this person, and he's going to have a found a career in something that something like I do because he has so much understanding um, of this boy's needs." And yeah, it was quite beautiful. So yeah. Well
1: did you um I was gonna say, um but when you were a
0: kid mm. did they,
1: did you have kids like that in your class of um being kind or asking questions? But because you said it was quite segregated in um
0: Yeah, I remember I had a friend um who had a physical difficult difficult um oh sorry, physical um how do I put it? Um the word's not right, but basically the she, the way she physically appeared was different from the rest of us. And I remember the other children being quite mean to her, and that's the reason I became her friend initially. She was an, she's an amazing human. So I still is a dear friend of mine. But I remember the children being quite nasty, and I remember being very upset on her behalf. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with her. Well, wrong. There was no other difficulty she experienced except for physical. And um, she was within my class. But I don't remember ever. No one ever explained to us, oh, this is, you know, she has this. And this is why she looks like this. And there's nothing wrong with her. And you don't have to treat her any differently. No, none of that, which is, um, I think, pretty awful, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, I'm
1: yeah, well, we had because I remember these two girls. We had them in primary school, but then after year five, you don't have you don't have any more people um in, from special needs in class. So, but in primary school, everyone's kind of clumped together. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but then there's no context. There's nothing said, and I think you know what? For everything I've seen in um English schools, I do give them credit for doing when they the mm. assemblies and no matter how cheesy they might be for kids and for adults, but, you know, they talk about kindness, and they talk about mm. autism, and they talk about, you know, bullying, and and I think the adults actually should pay attention to that one, uh, but, because I think they find that bullying is only between children, they don't, some adults yeah. don't think their behavior is bullying, so they do, they should pay attention, um, yeah. but yeah, we I don't know if that happens in Portugal, again, I haven't been to school in a very long time, and I don't live there <laughs> anymore, um, but we didn't have that. We didn't. No. And it's a shame because it should be, it should be taught from early on. You know what? Some people are different and that's okay. And you know, I got taught that, um, through my parents and my mom was big on, is big on reading and she would give me books like, you know, Disney books or something that would talk about, um, you know, there was this book I had, a Disney book she gave me, which was called the um, Disney book of good manners and it was I don't know I think I still have the book it was or maybe I gave it someone it was beautiful because it was for example there was a scene of um I think it was Mickey Mouse with the scouts and then an alien and they were all eating together and it was things like um just because someone's different doesn't mean you need to treat them differently uh Aww. and things things like it was a very cute book and I still remember that book um or like what was it if someone's if you have if you don't have if someone doesn't have nothing, share the little you do have. Um, mm. So it was lesson things that stuck with me, um, and I remember this girl in at, at late years later at uni. We were driving, and we it was I think it were four of us in the car, and this girl who was driving said something like, um, "Oh yeah, but Carla hasn't received the religious education, as if it was something bad." And I said to her, well, I received a Disney education, which, in comparison to your manners, it's much better, because you're rude. I was just...
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Are you joking? Are you joking? I mean, like, not to respect religion, but it's just, you can't compare, you can't just be like, oh, yeah, Carla, like, this person didn't receive a religious education, so they don't know anything. Like,
0: um, excuse you, I'm not rude to people like that, so... yeah." That's Goodbye. not appropriate. How about... No. It's not, it's not necessary to say something like that.
1: I know. So how it's about you just so keep
0: necessary. that to yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, In Portugal, we say, no one flush the toilet. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I just wanted to say a last bit also is that, you know, the cases that we work, are, work on, the people that we work with, everyone's different. And age-appropriate activities should be considered in the wider context of that person's skills, or lack thereof. Um, We want the young people we work with to be happy and um, enjoy engaging activities and toys and be able to play with these activities and toys to their capacity, to their ability. And that's our focus. We're not focusing on what everyone else likes and wants. We're focusing on what's best for this young person or young adult or child or whatever so that's just my last passing thought
1: (laughs) um so should we end it yeah okay so everyone uh you can contact us on aba.owls.uk at gmail.com or you can visit our website www.abaowls.com uh We are going to revise our workshops throughout the summer. So, you know, the workshops we do on more specific topics uh, will be back in September. We're not sure if they're going to be online or in person. It will depend on what happens with the pandemic and if our venue reopens and all that, all that jazz. Um, yeah, because yeah, cause it was, yeah, it's been hard on everyone, I
0: think. Absolutely, and um, we wanted to say that our next podcast will um, will be sorry available on the third of August. So also, please feel free to email us or message us on Instagram. We're at the handle at aba at aba underscore owls. If you have any particular topic you'd like us to address, we're more than happy to take any requests. Um, and also, please please rate, like, and subscribe to us, chirping with aba owls on iTunes and on Instagram.
1: And that's it. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.